going on, everyone? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, all right, what are we talking about today? It's Groundhog's Day. And so, uh, if you ever seen the movie Groundhog's Day, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, then we're going to talk about how sometimes weight loss can feel like Groundhog's Day. And uh, if you haven't seen the movie Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray, basically, he keeps waking up in the exact same day over and over and over. <laughs> and uh, how this relates to weight loss is for a lot of people, their experience of trying to lose weight is very much like Groundhog's Day, right? You just you keep reliving this same experience over and over and over, uh, over and over again uh, with your weight loss, right? And nothing changes, you know? And so how does this happen? You know, typically the, the pattern uh, that, that people go through is they'll have a kind of this spontaneous pain-based experience of stepping on the scale, seeing a picture of themselves, catching their reflection, uh, going to the doctors, someone's saying something to them, something that's really painful. And they get so upset, they say, that's it, I gotta lose the weight. And I don't care what I do, I've got to lose this weight. And then they choose some extreme plan and they're able to get themselves, force themselves to follow it for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, typically. And then they get bored, distracted, sick, tired of it. And they go back to behaving the way they acted before they started the diet, right? And then some time goes by, another pain-based experience, the same, and this situation plays out over and over and over and over again, just repeating. And I ask people all this all the time, like how long, you know, have you been doing this for? How long have you been trying to lose weight for? And going through this experience of getting really upset, I'm gonna do it, doing something extreme, doing it for a little bit, and then not being able to maintain it, you know? And it becomes just like Groundhog's Day, right? Over and over and over again. And unfortunately, the worst part of this process is that eventually, you know, your mind says, what's the point? You know, there's no point because the worst thing that can happen out of the situation is that occasionally you'll be able to stick with it for a little bit longer. You'll actually start losing some weight, maybe all the way down to what your goal weight was. And then you put the weight back on. And that's, you can only handle so many of those before your mind says, that's it. I don't want to think about this at all. It is too painful. And so, this Groundhog Day type experience, you know, with your weight is something that a lot of people are familiar with. So the, the real question, what we're going to talk about here today is how do you get off of that? How do you change it? Right. Because if you think about the movie, right, how did Bill Murray get out of reliving the exact same day over and over again? He had to change. Right. He had to change himself. And that was the secret for him to escape this, this curse of reliving the same day over and over again. And so it's the same for you with your weight. You have got to do something different, right? You've got to do something different. And the only way you're going to be able to do something different is if, I, I believe, you, the first thing you do is take a step back and get a different perspective on what you're looking to accomplish here. Because you are literally in a trance state when it comes to your weight and trying to lose weight. And you just keep repeating the same process. This is literally how you get into a Groundhog Day situation of repeating the same thing over and over again, not getting any new results. It's because you're not taking a step back and reflecting on what you're trying to do. You just keep trying to do the same thing. You just get your head down and you're doing the same thing. So the first step to really changing this up is to take a step back and look at yourself from another angle. And we're going to talk about what your actual goal is. And then we're going to talk about your methodology, your plan for making it happen. Because this is something that you don't do, right? You're in the pattern. This Groundhog Day pattern of repeating the same thing over and over again all starts in your mind. 
just like Bill Murray in the movie, right? Until he changed himself, until he became a better person, he was going to keep reliving the same thing. And so in this sense, you're going to become a better version of yourself because right now, the way you approach weight loss, you are running the same script over and over and over again, and you're trapped in it. You know, now what you don't realize is you're going through this process of getting motivated, taking some action, getting unmotivated, taking no action, getting remotivated, taking some action, getting unmotivated. And you're doing this over and over again. And you're primarily stuck in this loop because of the way that you're thinking about it. All right. And so the first step is to change how you're thinking about it. And the most important thing you can do here is to extend your time frame. I think that's the most important because right off the bat, you have to articulate the goal of what you actually want. And what you may not believe is that you don't actually want to lose weight, right? What you want is you want to return to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot, a much more specific goal, a much more accurate goal, right? And so just wanting to lose weight is not enough, right? Because if you're just fixated on losing weight, it puts you on a path. It, it's like putting a pair of glasses on that only allow you to see certain things. And what you're able to see when all you care about is losing weight all you care about is how fast can I do it? And you say, I don't care what I have to do. I just want to lose the weight. And then you start choosing plans that are unsustainable, that you hate, right? That you find to be miserable. And if that's how you're starting out your process, then there's most likely you're not going to be able to stick with it. And you're not going to reach that ultimate goal of actually living at your goal weight, which is the real goal, right? You've got to make that distinction. It's not enough just to lose some weight. You gotta know that by now, right? I mean, how much weight, I always ask people this, like how much weight have you lost in your life, right? Usually it's, it's hundreds and hundreds of pounds, right? Cause you lose it, then put it back on, lose it, put it back on. And so losing weight, you've gotta get that out of your head. <laughs> Cause literally on a very, very literal level, if all you focus on is losing weight and all you ever get good at is losing weight, then once you get to your goal weight, it, it creates a vacuum. So what do I do now? All I know is weight loss. And so the only way I can lose weight is if I put the weight back on, you know? So again, it's very important that you crystallize, crystal clear what the real goal is. And that is to live at your goal weight, to live as a thin, healthy person that you want to be, you know? Um, another way to put this is, is you want to stop being a dieter and start being a thin, healthy person. And that starts with a mindset, okay? It starts with a very clear um, understanding of what the real goal is, okay? Because when you have the proper goal, then you start to find the proper strategies, right? If all you care about is fast weight loss, then the proper strategy for really fast weight loss is diets, okay? But if you start focusing on mastering your weight, living at your goal weight for the rest of your life, then the strategies are different. And you know that right from the beginning. And so that's the first step we take back is to recognize the futility of just doing what you're doing, right? If you don't know it's broke, you won't fix it. And if you think the problem is that you just don't have enough willpower, then you're going to be stuck, right? Because you can't change that right? By thinking like, I don't have enough willpower. Well, when's it ever going to change? If you believe you can't lose weight because you don't have enough willpower, then you're screwed, right? You're just stuck. There's nothing you can do, right? And I promise you that the problem, the problem with your weight is not that you don't have willpower. I promise you. I promise you it's not that, right? I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I've been doing this for 20 years. I promise you the problem is not that you don't have enough willpower, okay? The problem is that you don't have the right strategy, no one succeeds losing weight with diets practically, right? It's estimated 95% of people fail to lose weight and keep it off with diets. So when numbers are that bad, it's not a you problem, it's a strategy problem. Can we agree on this, <laughs> right? And so if you think it's a willpower thing, you're gonna feel stuck. You're gonna feel like there's nothing you can do, 
right? That's part of a fixed mindset, the sense that I have this much willpower and I don't have enough because I've tried to use diets in the past and haven't succeeded, so I can't lose weight. And if you're sitting there with that belief that you can't lose weight because you don't have enough willpower, well, that's a limiting belief and you'll never be able to lose the weight, right? Because you don't even believe you can do it. So the first thing you got to recognize, if you're going to get off this Groundhog Day, you know, loop-de-loop of repeating the same process over and over, is to realize that dieting is the wrong strategy for you to master your weight. Dieting is really about short-term um, strategies to lose the weight. It's not about sustainable long-term strategies to help you master your weight. Okay, so when we talk about weight mastery, dieting is a very poor strategy. Okay, so when we want to master our weight, what do you do? I'm going to articulate a better approach, I hope, for you. And so the first step really is that mindset piece. You know, it, it's recognizing that anything you're going to experience and achieve with your weight and your health is going to start with how you think about it. Right. And so if you've been listening so far, you know, hopefully, right? Yeah, the dieting, I just keep looping through it. It's the same experience every time. I need to do something different. And it starts by setting a better goal. <laughs> and so that is literally the mindset piece. It's how you're thinking about this whole process. And it's the most important part. It's more important than having insulin resistance, hormonal issues, menopause, uh, any of those physical things. The mindset's more important than anything else. It's the most important piece. And so once you identify that what you really want is to master your weight, then you go to work on the structural changes you need to make within yourself to make that happen. And so the first step is really recognizing that the goal is different and realizing that it's not really just about weight, right? Why do you want to lose the weight? Right? That's where it all starts. Why do you want to lose the weight? You know, what's your reasoning? What's your motivation? Right? If it's just to look better, it's probably not going to be enough motivation. You know? Um, again, I, I reference in Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day, right? How do you get out of that loop, right? He had to become a different version of himself. Right? Still Bill Murray, right? Still, still the weatherman, but he's a different version of himself. And that's what I suggest you make this about for yourself so that it's not primarily about weight loss. Weird thing, right? It's like you have to almost make the weight loss secondary. You have to focus on something else, but that something else that you're focusing on is also going to help you lose weight, but it's not the main focus, right? Because wanting to lose weight is just not enough motivation. If you think about it, your brain and body evolved in a food-scarce environment. So the reason a cookie tastes better than a carrot is because you have evolved to want to eat lots of calories because it helped you survive longer. Right. So that's why when you eat a cookie, it feels better. It's because that when you eat a cookie with a lot of calories in it, it releases dopamine into your body and your brain. Well, into your brain. Um, and so it makes you feel good. And when you eat a carrot, there aren't a lot of calories in it. So it doesn't release as much dopamine and it doesn't feel as good. So what I'm trying to say is that you don't have any intrinsic motivation to lose weight. It's not a motivating thing to you. Right now, I know you want to lose weight for whatever reasons you have, but I'm talking about the physical experience, right? If you lost weight, if you lost weight by eating cookies and ice cream and chips and pizza, it'd be really easy to lose weight because you like eating those things. It's pleasurable, feels good. That is because of dopamine being released because your body and brain think this is live. Um, your body and brain think that the more calories you put into your body, the better your chance of survival. 
So you are literally working when, when you try and just lose weight and that's your only focus, you are literally working against your body and your brain that have evolved over millions of years to want to put lots of food and calories as many as possible into your body because they equate it with survival, living longer. Okay. So only focusing on weight loss is the first mistake you're probably making. Right. And so what you have to do is you have to make it about something else that's intrinsically much more important to you. Now, how do you do that? Well, there's a number of ways and you really have to do this. I'll take a step back here. Um, a lot of things I, I like to talk about really are like about not dieting <laughs> because all of us are literally in a hypnotic prison, a, a mental prison created by the diets. We have had a lifetime, all of us, a lifetime of seeing millions of advertisements for weight loss products and diets that have conditioned us to think about weight loss in a very ineffective way. And I think you'd have to agree with this because the numbers of people becoming overweight and obese over the last 25, 40 years is staggering. I mean, it's literally at this point in America, 70% of the population overweight or obese. And that number is only going up higher. There's estimates saying it's going to get up to around 90% in the next five to set, five to 10 years. Okay. So there's something going on, right? And so a big part of what's going on is that these diets have almost poisoned our minds so that we can't even think clearly about how to lose weight to the point that you probably can't even think about losing weight in a way that doesn't involve a diet. You know what I mean? Like it's that complete. And so there's all these subtle thought th thoughts that we have that have been put in there by the diets that are sabotaging us, okay? And so one of the big ones is this idea that the main reason you wanna lose weight is to look better, right? Because every weight loss ad is showing you a before and after picture. And you imagine, oh, I'd like to look like that. I wanna look a little thinner. And so everything's about how we're gonna look, but that's not motivating enough to us, you know? And so it's really important that we start finding something that is important. And again, this is, a, this is a personal journey for everyone. So one other thing about the diets is this idea that someone who's never met you and doesn't know you is gonna give you a plan and it's gonna be perfect fit for you, right? It's crazy when you think of it that way. But how could some other person who's never met you who's their own person give you a plan that's gonna work for you? You're a unique person. You've got your own genetics, lifestyle, and preferences. You're not gonna be able to just take a plan on and just follow it 100%. It's not made for you. So you gotta stop that idea and you have to, take a step back and say, you know what, if I'm gonna master my weight, what I'm gonna need in order to do that is I'm gonna to need to customize and create my own personalized roadmap, my own blueprint for living at my goal weight. Now I suggest you have three blueprints, right? In my program, we go through a mindset blueprint, a lifestyle blueprint, and an eating blueprint, but they're all customized, built around you. And yeah, it takes a little bit longer to do that. It's a little more thought and effort to do it, but once you have it done, then it be, it's, it's much easier to follow it, right? Because it's built around you. It's built for you, okay? And so the very first piece of the mindset, um, I, I have these blueprints in my program. It's a 60-page workbook. And the very first thing we do is the motivation piece, okay? And so it's about finding your motivation, a motivation that is not primarily weight loss. So how do you do that? Well, you can start by what's important to you. What is important to you in your life? Right now, a lot of times for people, that's a uh, relationship. Okay, so maybe you're a parent and your kids are the most important thing. Maybe you're in a relationship and your partner is the most important thing. Maybe you're in a strong family unit, your family, where you have a friend group, the friends are, coworkers, right? So for each person, it's different. 
But whichever relationships are most important you in your life, you start connecting how the weight, not visually, right? Not how you look, okay? But how the weight makes you feel physically, mentally, and emotionally, how it's impacting you. Because if you're going through life and most of the days you are really unhappy with how you look, how you feel, um, how you're living, then you're not living the life that you can, right? You're, you're living a life that's muted, you know? And you only get one chance at, at this life as far as we know, right? And so what I would suggest you make the focus is, is who is the best version of me? Who do I wanna live as? What quality of parent do I wanna be? What quality of partner do I wanna be to my partner? You see? And we start asking these questions, again, connecting the weight to it, not in a visual sense, right? Your kids don't care how much you weigh, like visually, okay? They care how you feel about yourself. They care how healthy you are, how long you're gonna be alive, right? How good you feel physically, right? Your quality of life. They want you to be happy. They want you to be healthy. They want you to feel good about yourself, you see? These are the things that are more important. And so whatever relationships are most valuable to you, again, we wanna look at the inner costs and consequences of the weight and start to ask the question, how are those things impacting negatively the most important areas of my life? And so we start with relationships, but then you move out to other things that are important. And maybe relationships aren't the most important to you. That's fine. Maybe work's the most important thing, right? Maybe you love playing the piano and that's the most important thing. You know, again, it, for each person, it's different. But what you want to recognize is the costs and consequences of the weight and the lifestyle on the things that are most important to you in your life. And what happens is that becomes the new focus for you. So instead of losing weight being the main thing, it becomes, I want to be the best version of myself so that I can be the best parent, be the best partner, be the best family member, be the best friend, be the best worker, be the best entrepreneur, be the best flamenco dancer. <laughs> Literally, it doesn't matter what it is, but it's pick that as the main motivator and then start saying, I want to be the best version of myself I can be in those situations. How do I do that? That's not just by losing weight. It's by doing all the things that cause you to lose weight. <laughs> it's eating better so that you're nourished, so that you're energized and feel good. You're, so your body's alive. So you're nourishing and feeding your cells, right? It's getting enough sleep so you can think clearly, so that you can really tap into your true potential. It's hydrating yourself so that you feel amazing, right? So that your joints feel lubricated and good. So that your brain's able to just, just hum along because it's got the, the hydration it needs. It's relaxing. Right? Because we live in a stressful environment, right? No matter where you live, you live in a stressful environment if you're in the modern world, right? We're just surrounded by all these things that trigger our sympathetic fight or flight or freeze response. So having relaxation part of your life is a huge part of this, right? It's being able to move more so that you can feel your body, so you can feel strong, so you can feel all the joy you get out of this machine that you have. Right? It's being able to quiet your mind down so you can feel calm. And it's feeling grateful, you know, so that you feel good about everything you have in your life. And you can still want more stuff, but you're satisfied and content and grateful for everything you have now. Okay? And so none of those things involve, I didn't talk about weight there, right? But if you start doing all those things, guess what? It becomes way easier to lose weight, right? Because what's causing the weight issues, right? The fact that you're overtired, 
right? You're overtired and so you're craving energy and your body knows the fastest way to get energy is some shitty processed foods. Why? Because they're all powdered up, flours, sugars, right? They're one and the same almost. Because why? Because they're powdered up and they're powdered up so fine that as soon as you eat them, they turn to powder in your body and you absorb them all almost instantly and it spikes your blood sugar. It gives you a burst of energy for a moment and then there's a crash, okay? So when you're tired, you can't think clearly to make healthier choices. You crave unhealthy foods. So that's gonna make it hard to lose weight, right? When you're stressed, same thing. You crave unhealthy foods and you have less ability to say no to it. You can't think clearly, right? When you're dehydrated, your body mistakes that for hunger and what gets hungry and starts eating more food, right? If you're not nourishing yourself, you know, your body craves nutrients, but you interpret that as just hunger. I just want more calories. Then it goes on and on. So you see what I mean? Like, like we need to focus on this process differently. Now you're not really tricking yourself. You're just focusing on the area. Um, you're focusing in such a way that it's more motivating to you. It's more motivating to become the best parent you can be. It's more motivating to become the best partner you can be. But what again, whatever is important to you. That's a naturally intrinsically more motivating goal than just losing weight. You see? Now we can do both at the same time. And that's where the beauty comes in. When you start stacking motivations, that's, that's the secret. To just want to lose weight, I hate to tell you, if that's the only focus of yours, it's because you think that losing that weight is going to make everything better. And it probably won't, you know, unfortunately, you know. Um, it doesn't really mean anything. You could lose, someone could get sick and lose a lot of weight. They're not happy about that, right? So, so it's really important that you get very, very clear on what the goal is and why. And so I come back to that original question. Why do you want to lose weight? What's your reason? You've just heard some of the things I said, right? Now, what's your reason? Oh, I want to wear a size X because I just want to be thin, right? You, do you see? Can you feel it? Can you feel like how your motivation, speaking thin, right? Your motivation's thin, right? And so it's like your motivation is just, it's impotent. It's just, it's uncompelling, right? And so that's the first challenge you have in order to escape this groundhog day of weight loss, you know, of repeating the same thing, is to take a step back and say, you know what? Stop, stop it. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And I'm not ever gonna try and lose weight again. Right? Hear that phrase, right? I'm never gonna try and lose weight again. I'm gonna do it or I'm not. And then the only way you can make that happen is by saying, why do I wanna do this? You know, why do I wanna keep my weight at what it is? Right, what's my motivation? My dad died when he was 54 of a heart attack. I was nine years old, my brother was six. Uh, that's my motivation. That's my core, core motivation. My pain motivation is that I don't want to die and leave my, my kids, my wife. I don't want to do that. You know, and if I die, I die. You know what I mean? But it's like, I'm not going to contribute to it. No way. You know? So my motivation's way up here. And that makes the whole process much easier. There's a lot more to do. I don't think motivation's enough. And I think you should recognize that as well. Okay, because you've been really motivated sometimes when you get that, you step on that scale, the clothes don't fit, you see that picture of yourself, that's a big one. Um, you, you're fired up, you're motivated for a little bit, but then you need a better strategy. <laughs> you all got the shittiest strategies ever. That diet strategy of just jumping in tomorrow, being perfect, and then riding that out until you get to your goal weight is so silly and goofy that it just defies explanation how a human being with a smart brain can keep on thinking a diet would work for them. You know, and so I challenge you here to take a step back and look at your strategy to lose weight and recognize that regardless of what the philosophy of the diet is, keto, intermittent fasting, Weight Watchers, South Beach, it literally doesn't matter. 
okay? What you want to look at is look through the philosophy of what they're telling you and start to recognize, are they helping me to get myself to do it? Because most diets are just telling you what to do and they never show you how to get yourself to do it. They, another way to put it is the diets are usually a tactic, one tactic. Just stop eating a couple days a week, intermittent fasting, or stop eating for a couple hours. Um, keto, stop eating carbs, okay? Uh, Weight Watchers, just count your points and keep it on the points. And so it's all these one tactics that you get. But I got to tell you, like your weight is a, is a holistic experience. It's a holistic uh, consequence. Your, your weight is a reflection of how you habitually eat and how you habitually eat is a huge reflection of how you habitually live and how you think, you know? So this idea that you're just going to like, someone's going to give you a plan and you're just going to follow it. <clears throat> like, why would that, why would that be any different? Like, and I know you keep thinking like there's going to be some magic plan you get that's just going to, like what? what? What do you think? You know what I mean? Like, well, how many more diets could there be? Like, we've, we've had like, I don't know what, how many more diets they can come up with. There's got to be a, a limit to it. <laughs> but it's not enough, you know? It's not the diet that's the problem. It's, the, it's what's going on in your head. It's the fact that you can't follow the diet, you know? Any diet would work if you followed it 100%, right? But the problem is you can't follow it 100%. And that all gets to the point that you don't know you probably don't have a very good idea of what you're even working with in terms of your body and your mind, you know? And so again, part of that diet mindset that keeps you trapped is this intuitive sense that you're this conscious being who's going to get motivated to lose weight, have a plan that you're going to follow, and then you're just going to get yourself to follow it. You're going to force yourself to follow this new plan. You're going to change all of your eating overnight and you're going to completely change how you eat tomorrow. And then you're going to follow that <laughs> until you reach your goal weight, right? I mean, it sounds so silly when I, I hope it sounds silly when I say that, you know? If it doesn't, take a step back and ask yourself, how's that gonna work? Like, why would it work all of a sudden? If you weren't able to do it over the last 20 years, why now would you, moving forward, why would you all of a sudden be able to tap into some ungodly amount of willpower and just follow a plan? You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Right? I mean, do you have any, I don't know. Like, please, please answer this for me. Cause I don't know. I get if you've never thought about it, I understand that. But um, now that you're thinking about it, what do you think? What What is the best outcome for you? Like, what, what are you basing your success on? That what, what? That some plan just magically appears that's the perfect fit for you? That you're all of a sudden gonna figure out why you haven't been able to follow a plan and then you're gonna change it all? You know, I don't know. You know, I just feel like these diets are so superficial and so lacking. They're so inadequate for what you're looking to do, you know, um, that you need to have a much more holistic approach to how you're going to master your weight and how, how could any weight loss plan you have not include a mindset piece? How could it not include a lifestyle piece and you be successful? How? I, I just don't know, you know? Someone says the problem is it it is it works till I stop and gain it back. I've lost eighty pounds twice. Yeah, Lynn, right? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. And now you're. In, I gotta tell you, and I'm just gonna say it out loud because it, I'm gonna. And I see your question. I believe Francis is your name, or it might be Luis. I'm not sure. Um, oh, Francesca Luis. It's a pretty name. Um, how to do subcon? How does the subconscious work? I'm gonna talk about that. Okay, because that explains a lot of what we're talking about here. Um, problem is it works till I stop and gain it back. Um, 
the problem, okay, the problem isn't that it works till I stop. The problem is that you stop because why? I'd love for you to answer that, right? So the problem's not that it works until you stop. The problem is that you can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, talk about what the hell, what the hell effect. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, okay, someone else said, I, lo I lose 20 pounds and gain it back. Groundhog day, right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> it's the groundhog day thing, you know? Um, but, but back to Lynn, the problem isn't that it works till you stop. The problem is that you keep stopping. Why? Why do you keep stopping? And I swear the very first part of that answer is that all of you, when you're thinking about dieting, it is subconsciously coded as a short-term thing. It's a temporary thing. You're going to diet until you lose the weight. Right? Do, 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 are you seeing what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it's like, I know, like, you get, you're, you're wrapped up in it. I was wrapped up in it. It's like you're so wrapped up in the weight loss diet mindset that you can't see that it's literally, you're getting exactly what you're focusing on, which is short-term weight loss, right? What's the weight, what's the diet saying? It's like, I'm going to do this until I lose the weight. Think about the words there. Think about what we're saying, right? That's why I always say, most people's goal is I just want to lose the weight as quick as I can. And... I ask you, do you, what's more important to you? If you could choose it, and even this question really summarizes it, is if you could, if you had, you have one of two options, you can lose the weight as fast as possible or for as long as possible, right? Which one do you choose? And you know, this is a great example, by the way, and this is going to lead us into talking about the subconscious mind. But this is a great example of conscious versus subconscious thinking, right? Because I'm asking you, would you choose to lose the weight as fast as possible or as long as possible? Now, your conscious mind says, well, the right answer is I should choose as long as possible. But what do you feel? <laughs> Which one is really speaking to your emotions and your real motivation? It's the fastest possible, right? You say, I don't give a shit. I just want to lose the weight as fast, but then I'll figure it out. I don't care. Who gives a shit? I'll be thin, right? But that's the problem. Right, as Lynn would say, eighty pounds, right? And so, Lynn, I, I'm this is the part I want to say out loud because I know it's there. So let's just bring it out into the open. The big challenge you're going to have now, after having done that twice, is that now, and this is most of my clients, they're forty, fifty, sixty years old, and they get to the point where they can't even get started with another plan. You know, they they know they want to lose weight, they think about it all day long, but they can't get themselves to even get started. Why? Because by the time you're forty, fifty, sixty years old, you've tried sometimes hundreds of times, sometimes successfully, which is the worst part. The worst thing that can happen is you lose the weight and then put it back on. The only worse than that is do it twice. The only worse than that is three times. And very few people do it much more than that. Okay. Because what ends up happening is subconsciously you start associating weight loss with huge disappointment and failure, right? So it becomes, what's the point now? You know, I don't want to put all that effort and time in so that I can feel disappointed, right? So that disappointment is just the, the, the finishing piece on, on, something that makes it feels it feels terrible you know so how do you go around this well i would suggest you have to you have to change the whole way you think about this process if you're gonna have any chance of starting um starting it and making it successful which isn't a bad thing you know it's really not um but the goal has got to be about how can i live at my goal weight you know stop with the losing weight part you know because the losing weight literally i mean so okay your subconscious mind let's talk about that so let's talk about your your mind in general and i i bring this to you and before I tell you this, I just learned this phrase, the curse of knowledge. Um, once we learn something, it's very difficult to, it's very difficult to remember what it was like before we learned it, right? So for you, those of you who haven't really listened to much of what I do, I want you to think about how you think about yourself, your brain. Who are you? 
And why haven't you been able to lose weight? I mean, how much more motivated could you be? How much more could you think about it? How much more could you actually want to lose weight? Like, cause I know you do and it hasn't worked. So how's that possible? I mean, what is, I want you to think to yourself, why haven't I been able to lose weight? And you're probably gonna get to some point of saying, well, I don't know, there's just something wrong with me. It's some vague non-explanation. <laughs> it doesn't explain shit. And I'm gonna give you some explanations and um, that it'll, I think will be much more meaningful. But I just want you to see right now that you all, so you've got 80 pounds, how long y'all been dieting for? How long you been trying to lose weight for? 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And you have no idea of why you haven't been able to successfully lose weight. And this is indicative of the fact that you're in a literal trance when it comes to your weight. You've been hypnotized by the diets to be in a trance. And when you're in a trance, all hypnosis is we're bypassing the critical faculty. We're, we're bypassing your conscious, logical, literal, logical mind and the critical mind. And we're going straight to your subconscious. And that's how you know that when it comes to weight loss, you're in a trance because you're, you're approaching completely illogically. And I say that because you've been at this 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and you have no idea of how to actually lose weight. You have a bunch of ideas of what you should do, but you have no idea of how to get yourself to do them. And it all starts with, I bet you have a very limited, very limited, if not completely wrong understanding of who you are. How do you change? Okay. So you probably think you change because you need to have willpower. You're a conscious being. And if you want to change, it's, you make a decision and then you stick to it. You use your willpower and you follow that plan. You eat the right thing, right? <laughs> but how can you explain to yourself what's going on when you really want to lose weight? And I know you want to lose weight, but how do you explain that when you want to lose weight so badly and then you say, okay, Monday, this is the day, this is it, I'm going to start it. And you start off 100% wanting to lose weight, but then some part of you compels you to eat the wrong food. What's going on? What part of you? How's this happening? It's just a craving, an addiction. What, what, how do you understand it? And I'm going to say, you probably don't have much of an understanding of it at all. You probably haven't thought about it much. Again, that, that's the defining characteristic of being in a trance. We're not really questioning stuff, but I'm questioning you right now. How come? I mean, you want to lose weight, right? So why haven't you been able to do it? Well, because you don't have enough willpower? What? You haven't found the right diet? Okay. So here's my explanation. That I think your mind, I think you have two minds primarily. Okay? You have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. The conscious part of your mind is the logical, rational part. It's the part of you that wants to lose weight. It's the part you knows what you should do, knows why you should do it, and tries to get you to do it. Okay. This is the part of you that you've been using almost exclusively to try and lose weight up until now. Right. And the other part of you is your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind is not like your conscious mind. Your subconscious mind is illogical. It's irrational. It just associates things together. It's very childlike in that sense. It just links things together. So, you know, Pavlov's dogs, right? Ring the bell while he shows them food and they salivate and eventually they link the bell and the food together so that you can just ring the bell with no food and then it elicits the same response of salivation, okay? That's how your subconscious mind works. It just links things together. And so here you are, you're eating, let me back up a little bit. So all the behaviors you've learned in your life are in your subconscious mind, okay? So when you think about like learning to use a computer mouse, when you first did it, you were all over the place, you're very uncoordinated, but then eventually you figured it out. Now when you use a computer mouse, you don't even think about it, right? Some part of you just, it just works. And think of all the behaviors that are like this for you. Writing with your hand, riding a bike, um, reading, 
uh, literally everything, any sport that you've played using a remote control on a TV. I mean, literally everything. And so all of these behaviors that you've learned are now stored in your subconscious mind. And it's at the point where it's like, they always, I mean, this is the classic, but it's like if you didn't ride a bike for 50 years and then got back on one, you don't have to remember consciously all the little steps of how to ride a bike, do you? No, you just get on it and start riding it automatically. Well, how did that happen? Right? Think about this, right? It's in your subconscious mind. You have programs, just like a computer program. These programs that you've learned are now in your subconscious mind and just run automatically. Well, guess what other programs in your subconscious mind? Your eating behaviors, right? Does this make sense a little bit more, right? So your conscious mind says, hey, we want to lose weight. And your subconscious mind says, it's eight o'clock. It's time to sit on the sofa and eat ice cream. <laughs> so there's no, in your weight loss efforts, you have never tried to reprogram your subconscious mind. What you're doing without realizing is you have these subconscious programs that just run. Hey, it's eight o'clock. Let's sit on the sofa and eat ice cream. It just runs automatically, automatically. Your subconscious mind is picking up on environmental cues that are outside of your awareness. Your subconscious mind knows, okay, it's eight o'clock. It's getting dark out. I've eaten dinner an hour ago. Now it's time for me to sit on the sofa, watch my show and eat some ice cream. That's what your subconscious mind is saying. And so you go on a diet and you say, consciousness, let's go, let's do it. We're going to do this. And you use your conscious mind to fight against that program, right? And you can do it for a little while, but eventually you get bored, distracted, tired, and the willpower fades away. Your conscious awareness fades away. And what happens? You go right back to what you're always doing because the subconscious mind, you've never changed that program. It just keeps running. And so what you have to do if you want to lose weight and live at that new weight long-term is you need to change the programs that are in your subconscious mind. You can't just expect you're gonna be able to fight against them forever, it doesn't work. I'll give you a metaphor just to drive the point home. You can think of your mind like a cruise ship. The conscious mind is like the captain, the subconscious mind is like the, the crew, okay? And so for that ship to run properly, you need both pieces there. You need the crew to guide the ship, to set a course, to manage the crew. And you need the crew to carry out all the jobs that are necessary on a ship. If the captain suddenly gets pissed off when he says, you're all fired, I'm gonna do this all myself, well, what's going to happen? The captain might be able to do it for a day or two and then you get burnt out. And that's like what a diet is like, right? Because the dieting for you is when you consciously say, I'm going to micromanage every single food decision I make. And I'm going to make myself make the right food choices. <laughs> and what happens? You can do it for a little bit and then you can't because it's too tiring. It sucks, you know? So, um, you know, it's important to recognize this process right from the start because it gives you a much more accurate understanding of what you're dealing with. And so now that I told you that, I want you to realize, did you, did you think about it that way? No, <laughs> right? So what I'm trying to say is that you have been trying to lose weight with like literally no context to what's going on. You have one tool, willpower, and you try and follow and force yourself to follow a diet. And that's been your approach over and over again. That's that Groundhog Day thing. You keep trying the same process. So what I suggest is that you start recognizing your subconscious mind and you start reprogramming it. Because the beauty of reprogramming your subconscious mind is it takes some work in the beginning, but what you're doing is you're, tr you're programming yourself to act this way on autopilot. So for me to maintain my weight, I'm not dieting, okay? What I'm doing is I am just living my life and I have a bunch of behaviors that um, they feel like, you know, like you've done this before, by the way, in a healthy way with brushing your teeth, right? You brush your teeth every day and it's at the same times. Now you're aware that you're doing it, you know what I mean? But it's about 10% conscious and 90% unconscious. You just do it automatically at certain, at the same times, in the same places, the exact same way, 
right? Because it's been a program that you installed and now it just runs on autopilot. So this is how you master your weight. You install programs that allow you to live at your goal weight and you do it subconsciously so you don't have to micromanage it your whole life. You know, so I'm just going about my life and I naturally do things that keep me at my goal weight now. Now I still manage it, I, I manage it. I'm aware of what I'm doing and I, I am doing that. And I'm always tweaking and optimizing things, but I'm always subconscious first focused because I want to program my subconscious mind. I don't want to have to be thinking about food and what I'm doing all day long. And I don't, I never think about food. <laughs> I mean, I think about what I'm going to eat this weekend because well, that's I guess, another story, but like eating, eating strategies are, are fascinating to me. And most people have a horrible eating strategies and the diet's worse than anything. There's no quicker way. To, so let's talk about what the hell effect. Someone asked that. So what the hell effect is, a, is something that's pretty unique to dieters. And they, they've studied this in, in literal lab studies where they will have dieters come in. I'm not going to go through all the details of it. Long story short, when a dieter makes a mistake on their diet, when they feel like they slip up, dieters are way more likely to way overindulge after that. Right. So it's like someone who's not on a diet. Well, they did these studies and they gave them milkshakes and um, people that weren't on a diet would drink the milkshake and find out it was a lot more calories than they thought. And then they wouldn't eat that much more. OK, dieters, as soon as they found there were more calories in the milkshake, they would way overeat calories. OK, so when you restrict calories consciously in a very intentional way, like on a diet, as soon as you make a mistake, it is a very good chance that you're going to go way over consume calories after that. Have you ever experienced this? <laughs> All right. I mean, have you experienced that before? Where you're on a diet and you're doing great for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden you slip up, and next thing you know, you're you're eating everything. Has that ever happened to you? You know, that's a unique thing to dieters. And again, it's part of the process. I say this all the time, and I'll say it every freaking live stream because it needs to be out there. The diets, the diets are the big food companies. The the diets and the big food companies are the same thing. Right, Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. The company that owns Atkins Food Products is the same company that owns Onions Pretzels and Cinnabon. These companies don't want you to lose weight. They want you to restrict your calories intensely for a little while because they know ultimately that's going to cause you to eat more calories in the long run. And so, you know, what you're learning about weight loss is completely inaccurate. You know, and so. Uh, it's important to recognize what you're working with so you can be more strategic and intelligent with your weight loss. Imagine that. Imagine being strategic with your weight loss. Well, how do you do that? Well, you understand the mindset piece. You understand your subconscious mind, the role that plays and how to program it. You understand the lifestyle piece and you start developing a lifestyle that supports your goal weight. And you come up with eating strategies that are built around you, your lifestyle, your preferences, how you wanna live. And you strategize. You figure it out, you optimize, you go to work on it and you come up with a plan that works for you so that you can live at your goal weight for the rest of your life. You know, that's the way to do it. Someone says, I want to lose weight so I'm healthier and I can live longer. That's a great motivator. Yeah, <laughs> survival is a great motivator. <laughs> so talking about like intrinsic motivations, yeah, wanting to live a long time, that's a great motivator. So that's a great one to optimize and build around. That's better than just wanting to lose weight. God, you hit the nail right on the head. Thank you, yeah, sure. Um, Someone says, I'm on week three of your PYT program. So grateful. Toughest part is being patient. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Absolutely. Being patient is hard. And I swear it's, it's mostly, again, you're, you've been conditioned by the diets to just think so short term. And so that is a challenge. Now, okay. So in my program, it's like, it's not like in my program, like you just learn this stuff and everything's just instantly 
perfect. It's work. Like, like it's, it's, it's more like you have to think about your weight loss, like learning to play the piano is a way more, it's a way more accurate representation of how you would master your weight than the diets. Cause the diets, it's like you're, you're way overcorrecting it and you're completely impatient. You just want to get the fastest results possible, you know? So my program, it, it's built for long-term mastery. And so there are our challenges. Impatience is, is one of the hardest parts for all of us. Right. And why is this? Let me just talk about why this is though for a second. And again, notice what I'm saying. There's more context to what I'm saying so you can understand it. Right now with your weight loss, the biggest challenge you have is that you have no context for what you're doing. You say, give me the meal plan and I'll use my willpower. I'm going to follow it. Like that's it. It's so, it's so juvenile. Like, like, and I'm not, don't take this in the wrong way, but it's like your approach to losing weight is just so inadequate. It's so simplistic and it, it, it's, I don't, I'm running out of words to say, but it's just, it's not enough. This idea that someone's going to give you a plan and you're just going to follow it tomorrow. Like what? You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, there's so much more going on and you have no idea. So, so anyways, like with this here, like the patience piece, it's, it's bringing that out and saying, yes, I'm very impatient. So why are you impatient? Let me just talk about that real quick. There's a cognitive bias. We all have cognitive biases. We've evolved in an evolutionary, you know, totally different environment. And here we are now in the modern environment. We have inherited all these cognitive biases. You cannot change the cognitive bias. I'm going to do a whole lesson on these. I, I love talking about cognitive biases. It's one of my favorites. Because once you understand what you are, these cognitive biases are like having like two arms. I got two arms. That's it. These cognitive biases are just the same thing. You can't get rid of them. They're, they're hardwired into you through evolution over millions of years. So one of the big cognitive biases you got to recognize and deal with with this weight loss is that your brain discounts the future, okay? So if I say I'll give you $100 now or $150 in two years, you'll, you'll take the $100 now, right? Because it's now, it's certain. And your brain discounts that future money. Well, the same thing with the weight. So it's like you can have a cookie now. It's a sure thing. It's pleasure. It's guaranteed. Or I could lose some weight in the future potentially. And so in that scenario, it's very easy for your brain to say, I'm going to eat the cookie now and then I'll just start tomorrow. Who cares? It's one day. You know, but that future part doesn't mean anything. If you didn't have this future discounting bias, what it would feel like is imagine if you woke up tomorrow, like if you could eat well today and you wake up tomorrow uh, 20 pounds lighter, right? No, then it would be really easy to lose weight, right? So that doesn't happen though. But that's just, it's a thought experiment so you can see what the impact of that future discounting is because your brain does discount the future and it wants the cookies and the food now because it's a sure thing. And the potential weight loss in the future just isn't that motivating to it, all right? So that's the truth. So yeah, the toughest part is being patient. There's no doubt about it. And so the way you, you work around that is you start shortening your time frame. Now, unfortunately, the weight loss just takes a little while. That's the biggest challenge of this process is that it's out there in the future and it feels uncertain on top of it. So what you have to do is you have to orient your focus to closer. And this is again where wrapping your weight loss and personal development is very, very helpful. And so what I like to do is I like to focus on the process of losing weight and what I do to make that happen. So when I eat well, uh, when I make a good food choice, I'm not doing it because I'm gonna lose weight. That's not what I'm focusing on because I know that weight loss just is not motivating to me as much as how I'm gonna feel five minutes after I make that choice. So I've oriented myself to really focusing on five minutes after I finish eating. So when you have a food decision to make, there's consumption and consequence. 
And through all the food ads, you have been hypnotized to subconsciously focus on consumption. So that when you think about eating healthy food, unhealthy food, you primarily think about it in terms of eating it when you're actually eating the food. But your brain doesn't play that movie out to the consequence. And so if you just allow that decision to go out five more minutes into the future, you can ask yourself the question when, you know, it's eight o'clock at night and you say, well, I feel like eating some ice cream. And what you've been doing is just thinking about eating the ice cream. But what you can do is say, how will I feel five minutes after I finish eating that ice cream? You know? And when you orient yourself five, 10 minutes into the future when you finish, that's the sweet spot. Because now you start noticing, how do I feel mentally, emotionally, and physically? So when I make good food choices, mentally, I feel like I'm being a thin, healthy, happy person. I'm being the best version of me. I'm really proud of myself for making that decision. And my internal dialogue is very positive. I feel really good about myself. Emotionally, I feel all sorts of great emotions. I'm proud of myself. I feel successful. I feel like I have momentum. Um, I'm happy with myself. Look what I did. You know, all of those great feelings come along. And then physically, you know, again, it depends. Um, I might feel lighter. I might feel stronger. But the big ones are the mental and emotional pieces. And if you stay fixated on the on just after finishing whatever food you're going to eat. So when I eat unhealthy foods, I, I do the same thing and I pay attention to it. When I eat unhealthy foods, negative. I'm, oh, I let myself down. Why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. You know, emotionally, I feel depressed, down, frustrated, angry at myself. Um, and then physically, I may feel stuffed. I may feel tired, lethargic, whatever. And then when I make healthy choices, it's all the flip side. I feel great, positive, happy, good with myself. And so this is one way to kind of work around the impatience piece, right? Because that impatience piece is, is a key thing. And so, um, yeah, Lulu, get on the calls too, because we can talk about this, right? So my program, every Tuesday and Thursday, we got live calls. Um, but let, we can talk about strategies to deal with the patients. But that's, notice this approach that I'm saying. You identify the deep, the subconscious, emotional, mental pieces that had gotten in your way in the past. You identify them, then you go to work on resolving them. What a difference, right? Because you're not doing any of that with your weight loss. You're just using, you got this one blunt tool of willpower that you're trying to use for everything, you know? And it's like, it doesn't work. It's not the right tool for every job, you know? So what we want to do is come up with elegant strategies. And once you have an elegant strategy, now you've changed your entire future, right? But good job anyways, going through the program and, and recognizing some of the things that are challenging. No problem. Someone says, I'm 59, I weigh 345 pounds, just hit pre-diabetic, not really bent on dieting. Good, <laughs> good. Yeah, so for you, again, I would suggest to you, one of the things that happens now, you know, yeah, 59. So so it's really like, I've noticed that once you get past 40, basically, um, you've got to shift what you're doing here. Because if you keep doing the dieting, it, it's the worst. Because again, most people just associate the only way to lose weight is to diet. You know, so you need to break that up. It's not true. And um, it really needs to become a way of life. And the key thing, right? So, I mean, again, there's so many things with dieting that's wrong, but one of the big ones is that they're just going to give you a plan. And so often what happens is it's not a plan built for you. And so subconsciously you hate this plan. It's depriving. It sucks. You don't like it. And it's very, very like adversarial. Do you ever, when you're trying to lose weight, have you ever felt like there's a party that's rebelling? Do you ever feel like you're fighting against yourself? <laughs> right? Do you ever feel that way? Why? How, how could that be? Well, maybe because you're just bringing in this ridiculous plan and forcing yourself to follow it with no no sense of what do I want to do? I heard what you said. You said, well, I just want to eat everything. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't want to be 345 pounds. You don't want to be pre-diabetic. You want to be thinner and healthier and happy. Okay. And so how can you make that happen? You know, you got to change how you're eating and how you're living. 
well, how can you change how you're eating and living in a way that works with you, a way that's comfortable for you, a way that's enjoyable? Gasp. Is that possible? Yeah, of course. Are you ever asking those questions? No, you're not. You're not, <laughs> you know? And so the, the approach has to be different right from the get-go. The mindset piece is different and the whole outcome is different. You've got to stop thinking dieting. Yeah, I'm glad you're not, I'm glad you're not bent on dieting because it ain't going to work, you know? And, um, to be honest, at 345, there's, there's so much emotional and mental stuff. That's, that's the real core of it, you know? And so right off the bat, though, you got to think about it is how can I get down to my goal weight and live the rest of my life there? Please let that be the goal. Okay. Don't just keep thinking, well, I got to lose X amount of pounds. I got to lose X amount of pounds. Just linguistically, everyone, semantically, I want to lose X amount of pounds. What that means to your subconscious mind is it keeps referencing you on your overweight body. Because when you say, I want to lose X pounds, you have to think of yourself having those X pounds. And then you say, I'm going to lose them. It's much better to say, I want to weigh X amount of pounds. That's a completely different image you put in your mind. And that's just the first step. Because then you don't want to just focus on the weight anyways. That number means nothing to your subconscious mind. Your mind didn't evolve with scales. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that number on the scale means absolutely nothing to your subconscious mind. That's another reason it's not motivating. So for you, Lynn, it should be, I want to weigh X amount of pounds and I want to be healthy and I want to be happy and I want my body to run efficiently. I want to consume just the right amount of glucose so that my body can release just the right amount of insulin for me to clear it out of my bloodstream and get my body running like a top. I want to nourish myself. I want to feed my cells the nourishment and nutrients they need to thrive. So do you hear what I'm saying? That's hypnosis, by the way. That's self-hypnosis. That's the stuff I'm saying to myself in my head. That's what I'm teaching my clients to say to themselves. Because you're not saying that stuff to yourself, I promise you. you know? And when you do, it just changes everything. You know, It changes absolutely everything. How do we access our subconscious mind? Hypnosis? Um, you can access your subconscious mind through your imagination. All right, so hypnosis is just a process to influence your subconscious mind. And so the language of your subconscious mind is imagination. And so you're hypnotized every time you watch a movie or a TV show, amongst many. You're hypnotized a lot. And everyone can be hypnotized. Everyone is hypnotized and always will be hypnotized because you're primarily a subconscious creature. And this is why you love movies and TV shows because what are you doing? You're not sitting there like analyzing every little thing that's going on. You're not saying, I'm just watching light on a screen. There's just diodes on an LED that are lighting up and making it seem like I'm looking at a person. And that's just sound waves coming out of a speaker that are, you know, ringing my eardrums and making me interpret. <laughs> You're not saying that, right? You're just saying, oh, I'm just watching a show. And we all do that because it's fun. It's fun to watch sports because we have mirror neurons. So we experience what we're watching on TV. You know, we imagine what we're watching. We're experiencing it to some level in a safe way. But it impacts us. If you watch sports, you release adrenaline. You watch a horror movie, you're tense and you're releasing cortisol. You watch a comedy, you're laughing and releasing endorphins. So you have an actual, literal, physiological, real reaction when you're watching these, these shows because you're using your imagination. And so you can do, it's the same exact process. You don't need to go in some deep hypnotic trance. All you need to do is just relax your body. And the key reason of relaxing your body is because when you have two key nervous systems, you have your sympathetic nervous system, your fight, flight, or freeze response, and you have your parasympathetic nervous system, your rest and digest system. So most of the time people are overactivated fight, flight, or freeze response. And what happens in that state is the blood goes away from your brain out to your muscles. And when your parasympathetic nervous system's activated, the blood goes from your muscles up to your brain so that you can think more creative. You, 
you have a prefrontal cortex. It's the thing that makes you a human. And the blood goes back up to that. So you can think more clearly, more creatively. You can find solutions. You have more perspective, you know? And so hypnosis is really about just relaxing, activating that parasympathetic system so that we can access our full mind. And then we start using our imagination to program in new behaviors, new thoughts, new feelings that are going to support us in getting the goal we want. It's not only the most effective strategy for change, but it's the most enjoyable and comfortable strategy for change. You know, so it's very important that you learn that. Yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. Someone says, appreciate you. That was very helpful. I'll try to catch the live calls too. Recordings help a lot. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, so everyone knows, you know, two things. You know, first off, if you're watching this, I would suggest you go to my description or you go to my bio, click on that link, and I put a training up for free. It's three steps to master your weight. I mean, it's free. Just watch it, okay? It's 30 minutes that'll probably change the way you approach weight loss forever, okay? And so, again, the theory today, the, the theme of the day here is to, to stop this Groundhog's Day of, of weight, trying to lose weight, you know, just like the movie of Bill Murray. Um, the other step is that I've got a podcast where, where all this, this, that what I'm doing here is all put on there you can listen to um, in YouTube, you know, so I live stream these and you can listen to them there. Uh, and I get a lot of people that are just watching these videos, listening to these trainings, I'm in my programs and they're losing weight. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting messages every day. And the reason is because when I'm doing this, even I am using a little bit of conversational hypnosis, but more importantly, I'm describing this whole process in a way that you can understand things. Right. I want to bring some context to your weight loss because I want you to appreciate that you have had no context. You just think you need to use willpower and follow a plan. And it's like, it's just so limited. You know, there's so much more granularity, so much more context and depth that you can bring to this uh, experience of mastering your weight. And once you understand these pieces, you can get such better results. <laughs> you're like a you're like a person in a room with the lights off trying to find things in it. You know, that's how you're trying to lose weight. Like there's just no real awareness of what's going on inside your mind, how to work with your body and why it does what it does and craves the food it does. And you're just in this process of thinking there's something wrong with you. And that's why you can't lose weight. And I'm here to tell you, it's not, there's nothing wrong with you other than the fact that you don't have a good strategy. You do not have a complete strategy, you know? So again, watching that training I put up, it'll give you a much deeper, I'll break down the mindset piece, you know, and the six components of that, the lifestyle piece, the eight components of that, and some of the eating strategies, you know? Again, the key word there being strategy. Dieting is not a strategy, it's a tactic. It's just one thing. It's not enough. They say people approach their weight loss like it's a bank account, credits and debits, you know? But your weight, your weight is much more like a stock market, lots and lots of factors that are all influencing each other. You know, so you need to have this holistic approach if you're going to change your weight. Um, again, of, of transforming your mind and your thoughts, shifting and, and changing your lifestyle, and then coming up with like real elegant eating strategies that you're comfortable with. Right? The dieting is just like this, you know, it's this very emotional, inadequate, trying just to force yourself to behave differently. You know, and it feels that way, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like when you're trying to lose weight, doesn't it, it feel like you're fighting against yourself? Because you literally are. You're fighting against your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind doesn't want you to be overweight. You know, your subconscious mind is just doing what it's learned to do, you know, and it's been influenced. Listen, the, the food the food around us now is very addictive, right? They call it hyper palatable food. And so it's been engineered to being as addictive as possible. You ought to think of, I'll give you this one, and I, and I think this is, 
accurate. This might be a step too far for you. I don't know, but I'm going to say it. You should think of a lot of the processed foods now almost as like food cigarettes, you know? And what I mean by that is that, you know, if you think about tobacco, people have been smoking tobacco for a long time and it wasn't as deadly as cigarettes, right? And so tobacco used to be really harsh. It was so harsh you couldn't inhale it into your lungs. And so that's why people smoked with a pipe and they smoked it like a cigar because it was so harsh you couldn't bring it into your lungs, okay? So all of a sudden they came up with this machine. I keep forgetting the name of it, but it basically was like an oven and they would put the tobacco leaves in the barn and they would start up this oven. And what happened is it would, it would turn, the, some of the tobacco would turn into sugar. And so it made a sweeter tobacco that was more mild. And then they turned that into cigarettes and then they could inhale that smoke into the lungs, okay? And so then the cigarette companies got more and more um, advanced, you know, and uh, what they did is they'd start adding all sorts of chemicals into the cigarettes so that it got absorbed into your blood faster because what makes something addictive is how quickly it's absorbed in your body. The, the, the time between when you take the, the thing, again, whether it's a cigarette, you, you inhale, um, food, you're eating it, cocaine, you're snorting it or shooting it up, whatever. Um, the distance between when you take it and when you get the effect of it. And the shorter that is, the more addictive it becomes. And so that's why the cigarettes, they would put ammonia in the cigarettes because it helped thin your blood a little bit and helped enter it into the blood quicker, okay? And so they're doing the exact same thing with the foods now. So it's not, it's not really a wrong thing to say to think about the food as food cigarettes. <laughs> and another thing, part of my conspiracy theory here is that really in the 70s, towards the late 70s, these cigarette companies for decades at that point have been sitting on studies that they knew that the cigarettes were linked with lung cancer and they sat on that. And they sat on the studies and they flooded the zone with all sorts of conflicting information so people don't know what to believe, okay? And then they knew the writing was on the wall towards the 70s, they knew, okay, this is gonna come out. And so they divested from the cigarette companies, they went into the food companies. R.J. Reynolds um, had a huge stake in, in craft. And so anyways, the, these cigarette companies brought all their same marketing tactics and product creation tactics into the food. And I'm not saying they're the only reason for this, but if you look at obesity and diabetes charts in America over the last um, 50 years, you start to notice, right, in the beginning of the 80s, that's when the obesity numbers skyrocket. Type 2 diabetes numbers skyrocket, you know? And uh, that's the same time that you get foods that are hyper palatable, hyper addictive, and the marketing, you know, that really drives the consumption of them as well. And uh, so that's what you're up against, you know? I mean, it's not, you're not just a weak-willed person. When 70% of the population is overweight or obese, it's not a you problem. You know what I mean? It's bigger than that. Um, it's a, it's a, it is an epidemic. It's one that we, we kind of, I don't know, we say it's an epidemic, but we don't really treat it like an epidemic, <laughs> even though it's the number one preventable cause of death at this point. But we just, I don't know. It's kind of like an open secret, I guess. I don't know, you know, but it's up to you to look at this in the proper way. You have to clean the lenses of your perception when it comes to your weight because you are literally being hypnotized into a trance state when it comes to your weight by the food companies and by the diet companies. And one of the big things is you're minimizing the consequences and effects of the weight and the food and the lifestyle to the point that, I mean, we are literally talking about life or death. Framingham Heart Study says overweight women will lose about three point three years of their lives, obese women will lose 7.1 years of their lives. So, I mean, we are talking about like your literal lifespan. And like, again, cigarettes, right? So I, I love referencing cigarettes because I think it's a great parallel to the food where 
if it was a hundred years ago and you the cigarettes were just as addictive, maybe not quite as addictive because they had all the chemicals in them, but they were there was still tobacco's addictive and whatever. So the cigarettes were addictive, but imagine you wanted to quit smoking a hundred years ago. It's a lot harder because you didn't have as much context to how damaging they were, right? So be like, ah, yeah, I should stop doing it, but they're addictive and it's hard to do, right? That's what's happening with the weight. Is you're thinking, ah, I like to look better. That gives a shit. My, my partner loves me anyways. My kids love me. Who cares? Who cares if I lose some weight? So you're thinking about it visually. You know, that's your biggest problem. I'm telling you right now, the biggest problem you have, the biggest challenge you have is that you're thinking about your weight as a visual thing. Super, you're, let me use the word. You're thinking about superficially. I want to look better. Oh, I look better. I look, I look, I look. It gives a shit how you look. <laughs> Let's talk about how long you're going to live. How's your quality of life doing? How's your energy levels? How's your flexibility? How's your mobility, right? Um, if you're pre-diabetic, right? If you have heart disease in your family, if you have cancer running in your family, okay? All of these things, it, it's not even just the weight. It's the shitty food you're putting in your body over and over again. I mean, you're just firebombing your body with these foods, you know? Every time you're eating a lot of sugar, you're creating the tsunami effect of sugar in your body. You are just like spiking your blood sugar completely unnaturally. You give no sense of this because you've been lulled into a sleep by the food industry, but you are just absolutely overwhelming your body with sugar. It's completely unnatural. It's never happened in the history of, of humankind. Right? You think, first of all, sugar only grew in a few places on earth, right? And then when you grew that sugar, you didn't just come out. You didn't come out with that granulated sugar that you're eating now. You came out with coarse sugar. And so that even that would be absorbed a lot slower, right? Um, but now it's like in everything and it's this powdered granulated thing. And just like the cigarettes put ammonia in the cigarettes so it absorbed quicker, they're constantly um, manipulating the foods in such subtle ways to make it hit you quicker and make it more addictive is what it comes down to. And it just, again, think about, you're thinking, oh, I shouldn't eat sugar because it's bad for my teeth or I shouldn't eat sugar because it can make me gain some weight. Well, <laughs> I'll keep it clean here, but um, how about I don't eat sugar because... As soon as I eat the sugar, I'm going to spike my blood sugar. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like crazy amounts. It's completely unnatural. It's like, you should think of sugar like food cocaine because sugar is the closest thing food-wise to cocaine. Because cocaine, in its natural state, people have been chewing on coca leaves for centuries. You know what I mean? But what happens? It's way less concentrated. Okay? And so it's like it doesn't have the effect. You have to have the effect of cocaine. It's so bad because you powder it down to its most concentrated form. And then you inhale it through your nose, and so it hits you. And then people say when they shoot it up or they smoke it, it's even worse because it hits you even faster. More addictive, you know? And that's what's going on with the sugar. And so, you know, you're, you're in a trance when you think about sugar that minimizes what's going on. And if you're eating sugar consistently, you are just overwhelming your body. Just to, to, it's like a tsunami effect too, by the way. You know what I mean? The problem with tsunamis, it just ruins the systems, you know? And then, then when there's rainfall, it, it ruins all this stuff. So anyways, someone says it, it's shit and I want to be better before health things get hold of me because I know they will. Yeah, I think that's a great attitude. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to paralyze yourself with fear of this stuff, right? So you got to be careful of that. But at the same time, you have got to clean, clean, clean the lenses of your perception and see what's going on. It's not how you look. It's what's going on inside your body. That's one of the things. Please go watch the training I put up there because one of the first things I do is I show like, um, I don't know if it's like a CAT scan or it's, it's, it's an inner scan, like an MRI or something of a, a normal weight person and an obese person. Because I'm trying to orient you to what's going on inside of your body, 
that's the, that's where the story is, you know, and it's very motivating once you focus on that. I, I know it's scary and I know some people start leaving. I don't want to hear this stuff, right? Cause it's a, you're scared. You're like, I don't know how to change or whatever, but it's like, you got to see what it is, you, you know? And, and I think when you start orienting around health, that's a much more motivating thing. Hey, eh? you know, and it's much more accurate. So I'm not fasting because of losing weight, but because my doc is not a doc. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but, uh, losing weight but because my doc is not a doc explain what that means if you could I, I like to know what that means I like to have a few cases of beer a day nothing wrong with that oh <laughs> show the world your walnuts I should have known That's, my doc is not a doc I don't know what that means though but we recommend a glucose monitor to better understand the impact foods have on our bodies yeah I think that the glucose monitor is great I, I think anything that can shift your paradigm and let you see what's actually going on in a more real and accurate way Okay, because all I can tell you right now is that you have been it's literally hypnosis, but you've been hypnotized to sleep almost to not truly see and feel the effects of what these foods are doing to you. You're minimizing them. Okay, and seeing them honestly and accurately. So I'm not saying don't bullshit yourself. Don't terrorize yourself with with false things. Just see it accurately. Accurate thought is a huge part of my program. Seeing things accurately, not over-exaggerating them, but not under-exaggerating them either. Not maximizing them to some ridiculous extreme and not minimizing them. Seeing it for what it is, that's enough. <laughs> the foods, the way we're eating is not normal. It's not normal in any way. And uh, it's, like, it's like if heroin and drugs were legal and you could do ads for them everywhere and they were constantly just minimizing the effects of them and maximizing all the pleasure of it. That's what we're doing with the food right now. That, that, that's that, that's the best thing I could say. Um, I've been trapped in bed four weeks and some stone could have this, but my weight is making it worse. Um, I'm 40, no way am I staying stuck here. Good, good for you. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? So I, I gotta get out of here, but this is the, the key thing I would suggest to you is that you have a tendency when you think about your weight that you wanna just fix it all starting tomorrow. You just wanna start a plan and jump into it 100%. This is all or nothing thinking, right? And so you just wanna jump in and change it. You wanna overcorrect. Okay, what I would suggest instead is that you start where you're at, look at kind of how you normally live, your normal routines and habits, and pick one thing to focus on and improve it. And it might be adding something healthy in, or it might be working on replacing something that's unhealthy. It's up to you. But that's the difference here that I suggest. And it's much more natural and accurate. Anything you've ever learned in life, I always use the piano metaphor. If you want to learn the piano and you're like, I just want to learn as fast as I can, and you start practicing eight hours a day, after the first day, your, your fingers are all cramped, you can't do anything. Right, so the smart way to learn the piano is to recognize I'm gonna stay at this for a long time. I'm gonna practice in a smart, intelligent, strategic way. Same thing with your weight. If you approach it in a more strategic way. Now again, you're not, you're trained to approach it just, I'm gonna do it tomorrow, all or nothing. I'm impatient, I just want results, right? And because you approach it that way, it keeps you trapped into shitty strategies. But as soon as you activate your parasympathetic nervous system, let me focus on fixing one thing. Let me make one thing better. Okay, someone says binge eat one meal a day, going to start with breakfast and a meal with vegetables later. Yeah, great, great. Um, I really can't say I feel better when I eat healthy. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, I, I would, yeah, I, I don't have time to get into that, but I wish I could because that that's, I'll make a whole video on that. Someone say like they lost 100 pounds and they didn't feel any better. And I don't believe that. And that's part of, Lynn, I'm, I'm telling you, and I'm telling this to everyone. So, so I, I say this to everyone, my clients, people I, I you know, my family, my life that I love, the way you're thinking about weight is backwards. 
That, that, that's all I can say. It, it's, it's not that you don't feel better when you eat healthy as much as it is the way you're thinking about weight, eating, your health is all mixed up and screwy. That, that, that's all I can say to you. And, and I, I wish I had more time to explain why, but, but I can just leave you with that, okay? Um, someone says, please tap the screen. Good stuff here. Well, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I guess I bought a bunch of videos coming out. I just put them, um, just made them, so I'm going to let those out. Um, so anyways, thank you so much, guys. H have a great day. Again, if you want to take this further, go watch the training I put up because it's kind of a systematic training um, and it'll let you know a lot of stuff and, and I'm going to help you out. So all right, everyone, have a great day. We'll talk soon. Bye.